Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Jessica Cornelius, CIO at Hendricks Regional Health. In this segment, Cornelius talks about why IT departments need to transition out of break-fix mode and focus on value-adds going forward, what it's like to enter an organization on the verge of a major transformation, and why she believes nothing is more important than trust in leadership. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. What are some of the other big priorities that you have right now? Sure. So this year we focused on all the infrastructure uh, projects that I talked about. Uh, For next year, we'll really be focusing on systems and applications. The EMR assessment, that's a big one for us. We'll make a decision by the end of 2016 and 2017, we would look to implement whatever decision the organization makes. That's what we'll go with. Uh, We're also looking at business systems. We're looking at an enterprise resource planning system. Uh, We recognize that as we look at an EMR, we have to assess our business systems as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're doing that. We would plan to run those projects in parallel, and that assessment process is, is going on right now for the ERP. Also looking to complete, I had mentioned voice over IP, we're in that assessment phase, so we would look to implement in 2017 as well. And really, as we look at all of these projects that we have, the role of IT is changing. Um, So we're looking at how do we change the look and feel of our IT department to match these initiatives. Um, It's really getting out of that break-fix commodity work and moving to that value-add, working as liaisons in the organization, getting out of the basement, so to speak. IT always seems to end up in the basement. So we're really trying to get the resources out and have them be more customer-facing. Okay. Now, um, you've been there for three years, but you were there first on a consultant basis, or how how did that work out? Sure, sure. Um, I have been here um, as the CIO um, operating in this capacity for the last two and a half years. But I came on prior to that to work as a management consultant and assess where uh, the organization was in terms of IT um, and then stayed on for that. So I currently report to the CFO who I had known in a past working relationship, um, and he had asked me to come out and assess things and then had asked me to stay on. So I've been operating as the CIO for the last two and a half years. Okay. And was there an understanding that it could turn into a full-time role, or uh, how how was that structured at first? Yes, there was. I think it's as much about assessing an organization as it is um, the organization assessing your capabilities. And this is a good organization. Um, I like not just the values here, but the mission here is to ta- is to stay independent and indispensable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been on both sides of the house. I've worked for a large academic medical center. And now coming to Hendricks, um, I'd have to say I like the mid-sized hospital environment just a little bit better. Um, there's more agility there. We can adapt to changes pretty quickly. And we've been um, very blessed to have the support of the board, the executive leadership here at Hendricks in terms of IT. Right. What were your thoughts about 
going into a situation like this where you knew there was going to be a, a lot of change or really really a transformation? Right, right. Um, it, it didn't scare me. I was definitely um, up to the challenge. But I will tell you, when you fly at 50,000 feet, once you get down to 10,000, there are things that you find. Um, mm-hmm. So it has been a challenge, and it's been more work than I ever anticipated, but it's been extremely rewarding to watch the team change, watch the organization change, um, and knowing that what we're doing is preparing the organization for the future. Right. And as far as gaining that trust, getting that buy-in, what was your approach to doing that, especially coming in first as a consultant? Sure. I can't stress enough how important it is just to listen to people in the organization. Um, you know, things are going to happen, unanticipated uh, results are going to happen from any project, but I think staying engaged, the key stakeholders, and listening to everything they have to say, um, I think that's really important. We have a situation in our ED where we had uh, lost some technology functionality that we didn't really see as a big deal. But when you sit down and talk with that department, um, that's a big piece of their workflow is to have this functionality where they can suspend sessions and move throughout the ED without always having to log in. So it's really important to listen to those. Even the smallest things matter. Um, And having consistent communications, I think, uh, with the nursing leadership, uh, with the physician leadership has really helped. And I'm certainly not one to sit in my office Um, I don't think anybody on my team does anymore. We're constantly out rounding, going to other facilities and seeing how things are going. Um, And we take the good with the bad, and we take that back and think, how can we make this better? Okay. So it sounds like it's all part of what you were talking about with changing the, the role of IT and the perception of IT. Absolutely. Okay, and you said that you were with a, a large ac- academic organization, and that was that was your last organization. That was the last organization. So um, I was with a large academic medical center, um, serving as number two to a CIO there for eight years, and that was a great environment. I learned a lot, um, but there's been much more exposure. I think on a more personal level, being able to interact with all the directors across the departments, being in a mid-size health organization. It's just a little bit different feel. Right. Okay. As far as taking that step from that that number two role to being the CIO, Mm -hmm. um, I imagine it's something where there's a a learning curve. And uh, I'm curious to see how you took that step, whether it was um, going through education or just talking to people. What what really helped you in that uh, transition? Yeah, so there are a couple of things. Um, I have two really good mentors that I lean on for support there. Um, I actually finished my graduate degree right before coming here to uh, Hendricks, Um, so that was a big help. I've also enlisted the help of a communications coach just to talk through scenarios with and really kind of push what my perception of things is and to think outside the box and what it might be for other people. Um, That has been um, a really positive influence for me and has really helped me get to that next level. And then, of course, I have been extremely involved in CHIME. I make sure that I'm always on the the online focus groups, the college live sessions. Um, I completed my CHCIO certification a year ago, and that has really helped in having those resources to talk with. Um, And I will actually look at their mentoring program as well so I can continue to get feedback. I think it's important as a leader that you're always getting constructive feedback. My best relationships have been that people don't tell me that I do everything perfect and it's all great and 
pat me on the back, but tell me uh, what I need to improve on and what are the things that I really need to focus on as a leader. Who are the mentors that you mentioned? Sure. I have uh, two that I've really relied on throughout my career. Uh, Chris Van Pelt, he's a partner with PwC, mm-hmm. and Izzy Rivas, he's currently the CFO here at Hendricks Regional Health, and I uh, worked with both of them um, in the past. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like what you said about um, having people who will tell you, who will be honest, but obviously in, right. in a constructive way. It's right. not always easy to hear that. Yes. The, the relationship has to be organic. It can't ever be forced. Yeah. Um, but when you find good mentors, it's good to hang on to those and refer um, to them anytime you need anything and keep those relationships up. Right. And, and is that something, mentoring something that you do as well or, or hope to do? Absolutely it is. Um, and I, I have a teenage daughter who is getting ready to go to college, um, so I think you should start mentoring as young as you can. One of the things that, that, that I like to focus on is making sure that young women in high school understand what's available to them in technology careers um, and getting them involved. I've never had a female mentor. I, I find that a little bit strange, so I really focus on mentoring women, whether it's a management position Um, whether it's people um, coming out of college on what they want to do or even um, young women in high school. I want to make sure that they know what options are available to them. Right. Being in health IT, health IT leadership, um, this this is something where, you know, we are starting to see some more women who are leaders, but uh, really that there's there's a long way to go. And what do you think could be done to to help more women advance to these types of roles? Yeah, I think starting earlier with communicating what careers are available, I think that's a big step. Mm -hmm. Um, Often, uh, you know, I talked about mentors. You can't have someone who just pats you on the back. I think that's the inclination for women um, is that, you know, I'm doing okay. Um, I don't need any other feedback, but really um, taking that feedback and doing something with it. My mentoring style is, Um, Let's have a discussion and then you tell me what you did and what the perception was. Let me give you some feedback and let's talk through that and go back and forth. And that's a continuous process. That's not anything that happens in one meeting. A lot of my mentoring relationships I've been in for five, six years now. And I think it's just important to have that level of trust and communication and let people know that they're doing things and to reach to reach a little bit higher. You know, you don't have to settle for this position or that position. What is it that you want to get to in your career? Right. And now in your role as a leader, what would you say are the characteristics that, that you value most and those that, that you look for in people that, who, who you hope to help grow? Sure. Uh, I think first it starts with trust. I have to have a level of trust. Competencies can be developed, um, but trust is something you really have to build over time. I think if people trust you, they will follow you anywhere. And there are times that, you know, we we make mistakes in our our careers and um, wish we had done things maybe a little bit differently. And I think that trust carries you through those times. Yes, this happened, but this is what we may do to correct this, or this is what we may do differently next time. So I, I really value having that trust. Everybody that I have on my team, I trust implicitly. I have no doubts there. Right. Okay. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about was just balance. And mm-hmm. uh, I know that that's something that is, is stressed 
at the Chime uh, education type programs and just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Obviously, that this is something that can really be difficult when you have so much on your plate. And you talked about being as busy as you are. And what, what do you do and what can others do to try to maintain a, a healthy balance in their lives? Sure. Great question. Um, so work-life balance is a little bit difficult. I think um, we're often at the organization's request um, trying to wear many different hats and trying to get many things done, and we work on many deadlines. I'm a single mom and have been for quite some time, so it's important to me um, that I'm there for my family. Actually, in, in Chime Boot Camp, uh, that was one of the areas that they highlighted, and I realized I don't really have this balance that I've been looking for. Um, you know, work is always on, I'm always on, and, and I may be missing important things going on in my personal life. So one of the things that um, since going through that boot camp is When I take vacations, those are vacations. You do not bring your laptop. I do not check my email during that time. It's a time for me to rest, rejuvenate, and come back ready to go. Um, And I encourage that of all of my team too. If you're on vacation, be on vacation. We We don't need you to be here. I think saying that we'll only work nine to five is is a little naive. It's not what IT is. We support patients. We're 24-7. So knowing when to take that downtime um, and making sure that you don't miss the personal things in your life, making that time for family is really, really important. Yeah, and like you said, it's not easy because you get to where you are by by working hard. So it's not not as easy as it sounds, but uh, really important. Okay, that covers what I what I wanted to talk about. Uh, this has been really great. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. To, yeah, to thank speak you with so us. much. It was my pleasure. Okay, all right. Well, I'll be in touch. But thanks so much, and uh, best of luck. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Kate. Have a great day. Sure. Thanks you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com backslash podcast.